on the show today, we are going to be joined by the one and only Kicks by Carly. Very excited for you guys to hear this interview. Carly is one of the dopest people in the lacrosse community right now, doing her thing with all the custom gloves, shoes, cleats, everything. Make sure you're following her on Instagram at Kicks by Carly to check out all the stuff she does. And we've got NLL Week 2 Breakdowns. So sit tight. It's going to be a blast. Let's get into the episode. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are back for a little NLL weekend recap show, episode number 91 of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. KB, OTB Herm, coming at you through the voice line. I'm at the studio. As always, show brought to you by our friends at Signature Lacrosse. Make sure you check out our page, signaturelacrosse.com, slash pages, slash OTB. Get all that exclusive pricing on all your signature needs holidays are here you know we are getting closer and closer to christmas hanukkah kwanzaa all that good stuff and even if you don't celebrate it's still there for you so signature lacrosse.com slash pages slash otb and our friends at design tree i know the the release was pushed back a day but you see why they came through the nll otb kind of collab that we did making all of our uh nll teams that we cover Put, it, put the color scheme into the OTB logo. They are available for you. Designtree.com, DSG entry. Search outside the box. We got our own storefront because of it. And, uh, you know, uh, rock your squad. Rep your favorite pod all season long. Shout out to our friends at Design Tree. Herm, what a weekend of lacrosse we had. Yo, dudes, what's up? What a freaking rhyme you just hit us with there. Rep your squad and your that favorite is, That pod. is the tagline for that merch line. Oh, I freaking love it, buddy. But here, I'm not going to pump my tires too long, but um, opened up a TikTok account today. I'm famous already. Averaging 400 views. That's just tip of the iceberg. If TikTok I, I have, wants to sponsor us. I have a freaking just talent waiting to be executed over here. But on the same note, if you haven't already, go check out my YouTube page. Dropped a dorm room tour today. Uh, go check out my Twitter. Dropped a giveaway today. And uh, I think that's about it. I felt like I was just dropping bombs all day long all over <laughs> social media. But, you know, it's what you got to do sometimes when you uh, you underproduce a little bit during the week. It happens, you know, get caught up with school. So on the weekends, I just have to let it all out for you guys. If you felt overwhelmed, just let me know. I'll keep. I'll get you up to date real quick. But, um yeah, go go follow my TikTok because it's freaking hilarious. And we, you know, this weekend goals were dropped, especially in Halifax. Uh, let's recap this weekend. 
because we have three very interesting games. Halifax with their uh, home opener out in Nova Scotia at the Scotiabank Center against the New York Riptide. An absolute dominant performance from the Thunderbirds. A 7-0 opening quarter at that, and the Thunderbirds won it 12-4. Shout out to Jake Withers because faceoffs matter, whether it's in the field game or the box game. Scored the opening goal, the first goal in Thunderbirds history. Went 16 of 18 on the faceoff, and the Thunderbirds as a team went 17 of 19 on the faceoff. We we talk about it on the show. Faceoffs matter, goalies matter, and you're seeing it right here, the evolution of the NLL where faceoff guys are going to be just as important as any other position. Dude, we say it every freaking week. Our, one of our best friends is Joe Nardella for a reason. I mean... This is where you're going to make your money this season, in my opinion. You're either going to have the best goalie out on the floor or you're going to win more face-offs. And if you can do both of those things, your team's going to be freaking successful as hell and you're going to tear up the freaking league. That being said, Jake Withers, what a beauty out there. I mean, he made it a long day for this New York squad. And let's just be real, it was just a long day in general for them. I mean, they couldn't they couldn't put two goals together to save their life. Yeah, uh, it was unfortunate, you know, just to see New York kind of struggle out of the gate. But, uh, you know, congrats to the number one overall pick. Tyson Gibson scored the first goal in New York Riptide history as well. Uh, It's fitting that the number one overall pick scores the number one overall goal for the Riptide. Dude, I thought that was sick. I mean, that's one hell of a way to start off your career. First of all, you're first ever game as the team second first ever game as Tyson Gibson out there my kid is one of the guys I said to watch out for in the pregame I mean obviously I think that he's going to be a stud in this league I think that he's a ton of talent I think he's going to put on a little bit of weight maybe bulk up a little bit because I right now he's a bit undersized in my opinion however I think that he's got a bright bright future I saw a lot of great stuff out of him you were uh, commenting on his footwork not necessarily being up to par yet but uh, I saw it I did but uh, I think they'll be able to sort that out pretty quickly. Yeah, I think it was just kind of the early jitters that got him where he just wasn't in place where he needed to be right off the bat. But, I mean, you know, it's going to come. It's his first game ever. Um, You know, this team is brand new. And I will admit, I was wrong. You were right, Herm. This team is very 2018-2019 Wings-esque to me. They, you know, allow early big leads to their opponent, at least through one game. And we saw it kind of in the scrimmages as well. Uh, the defense not really on the same page. And then second half, they locked down and, you know, look like a completely different team. Right. And that's kind of what I was getting at. I, obviously, we saw the one game at uh, Voorhees when they were playing the Wings. But beyond that, I mean, this is this reminds the lineup on paper reminds me a lot of the Wings. Guys like Connor Kelly, Dan McCray, they remind me of like a Matt Rambo and a I don't know, Jordan Hall, maybe so people who nest, they should work really well mm-hmm. together, but then in the end of the day, they just need time in the beginning, right? You just need time. I mean, this team's going to figure it out. I'm not concerned. I mean, when, once they get to the Coliseum, they're going to be freaking dominant as hell. It's an advantage on like any other, I mean, uh, kind of bouncing off this barn topic really quick. The, uh, the attendance in Halifax was a bit lower than I thought it was going to be, but, um, I mean, we saw that place sold out for the scrimmage mm-hmm. that they had. I thought it was going to be closer to that. But that being said, it was still freaking sick with the uh, little light show that they had going on oh, with yeah. the wristbands and the crowd. What a Looked freaking like a Coldplay concert. show. Dude, it was sick. It was that, awesome. I mean, for a league that's been to get to around for so long, it finally we're getting into this kind of theatrical side of it that you really see with like, the, the social NBA side of it. And, 
Right, and you get to see the NLL is posting that video of the whatever was going on the ceremony, I guess, mm-hmm. five minutes after it happened. Hell, we have the freaking sick Kyle Jackson Running video out of the tunnel, looked like Joe tunnel. Burrow for LSU. Dude, that was so It was tough. awesome. I, I saw that it. happening on the broadcast, and I was like, all right, something's happening with this, whether it's from Halifax or the actual league itself. And I just saw the video now, too. Devin tweeted it out from her account, and holy hell, that video was crisp. Right, dude. I mean, I thought that it was just going to be something for, like, their promo or something. I, so I don't know. I really couldn't think of it. But, dude, that's so sick. That was um, that was something that I'll probably remember for a long time because, I mean, lacrosse is sick. It's awesome. I love it so much. But it's the it's those real theatrics. We saw it a bit last year with the Wings when they opened up first. I mean, they had some light lighters or whatever. Smart the light show. Or, you had the, the Wings right. logo flying around the floor. Right, and it was sick, but Halifax took it to another level, in my opinion, with the wristbands and just having it was a bit more crisp, in my opinion. And you love to see it. It was sports growing. Speaking of the sport growing, shout out to uh, on Twitter at Ninja Scott Season. He's a kind of a Mike Scott fan account, big Sixers fan, and uh, I dropped a hot take to him a couple weeks ago, saying that lacrosse was going to be mentioned in the same breath as the four major sports within the next five years. And he was like, "That's bold." And then the NLL tweeted a video. Tag someone that you don't think would like lacrosse, but Will and hashtag Grow the Game tagged him, and uh, I'm getting him on the lacrosse train. So shout out to uh, my man Ninja. Hell yeah, buddy! Way to spread the love. I love it. That's awesome. You talked about though, Herm. You know, good goaltending. Warren Hill did just that. Really impressed me uh, against this New York team. 44 shots on goal, stopped 40 of them. Big time I- game from Warren Hill. The defense made it easy for him tonight. Not saying not to take anything away from him. Letting in four goals in the NLL is unheard of. That's sick. I mean, hell yeah, party on. But I mean, dude, the defense for this Halifax team freaking looked good. They were tight. They made it a really long night for the New York offense because they they couldn't get anything together. When you're uncomfortable in your offensive zone, oh, it's going to be a tough one because I mean, you got to make crisp passes, you got to be precise, and you got to be on your line. But if you're not, it's going to be one long game. They were frustrated all night. And uh, one thing I do have to point out, though, the late season acquisition for New York getting Mr. Suter. 15 loose balls in this game. Absolutely ridiculous. I believe that was a record of some sort, either for a player in one game or close to it. But Andrew Suter picking up 15 loose balls for New York. If he can consistently get double-digit loose balls like that, he's going to be an absolute force for this transition game in New York. Hell yeah, and not to be punny or anything, but that's ballsy as hell. I mean, to pick up that many ground balls is one, your nails. You're freaking taking hits. You're getting beat up on the floor because you're the one getting into those dirty areas. You're not afraid to play by the boards. And two, you're just a team guy. I mean, you're not necessarily out there to be flashy or make it look pretty, but you're going to make it happen and get your team possession. And If you can be that guy for your team, you're you're going to be beloved in the freaking locker room. You're the guy that's going out and people are taking care of your check because, you know, I mean, you're the guy that's not afraid to do the dirty work and uh, you love to see it. Biggest takeaway from this game is Halifax is exactly what they are, a relocated team. They have chemistry. It's there. New York, it's going to take some time. But I do got to point out the hashtag podcast science, if you guys have seen us tweeting that out. That is, you know, just our thing, and the podcast science speaks for itself. Tyler Digby recorded two assists in this game, uh, and then from the Halifax side, our boy Luke Magnan had an assist. 
Kyle Jackson scored a goal, got two assists. It's podcast science term. Yeah, I mean, if you come on, you're obviously gonna thrive. But um, yeah, no, that was uh, that was something I kind of overlooked all offseason. I guess kind of going into the game before the announcer guyers were talking about how they're a relocated team and they clearly already have that advantage over New York and they are a new team yeah and I always thought of them as a new team as not necessarily going to mesh as well but yeah they look like a freaking well-oiled machine out there and honestly Halifax is going to be sick dude they're going to be they're going to be a tough team they, to compete with all season long you were right you were right you you told me and I kind of overlooked it but they damn, reshaped this team last year with all those trades they were making and kind of got the guys in here that fit the system that they wanted and it's working so far through one game. Sure, it's a it's a one game sample size, but it's a damn good sample size. Right. I mean, there there were connections in the game that you don't just make because you are like whatever, you know? I mean, you you obviously have whatever kind of connection with your boys already. You don't just make but BTB passes perfectly and crisp by the net or that freaking sick Kyle Jackson goal. That stuff Dude. doesn't just happen when you're not familiar with your boys on the floor. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it, this New York team, they're going to figure that out because they've got enough talent. They've got plenty of talent. They are just as talented as the team on the other side of the boards. They just don't have that chemistry yet. And, I mean, that's meshing. what's really right. So they're going to mesh, and by the end of the season, that'll be a much closer game. New York and Halifax will be freaking tough. Nice thing for uh, New York. They get right back after it next week against Vancouver. In Vancouver, Halifax gets a nice little bye week. After a, a dominant performance at home, next game, my game that I locked in was went straight from the pack, but I went hunting. It was hunting season, and New England took down Toronto twelve to eight. New England looked freaking phenomenal in this game. Uh, they got off to kind of a slow start, but then bounced back, and they never really looked back in this game and really took it to Toronto. And the biggest takeaway I have from this game is they kept Tom Schreiber scoreless. He had three assists but did not record a goal. Right, and I mean, this is exactly what we talked about last season. We're just picking right back up where we left off. You shut down one of the members of the three-headed monster, they're they're not going to be as good. They just don't produce the same way. And if you can do that, oh, forget about it, buddy. You're going to give yourself plenty of opportunities. I mean, player of the game, in my opinion, Corey Crawford. Are you freaking er, – what am I freaking saying? Hockey Don't on the even, mind. I, that is exactly what I, I was just watching the Hawks game. <laughs> they looked awful. The Yotes were all, walked all right all over them. But Callum, three tucks, four assists, seven point nine. Okay, buddy, here we go. The wheels are rolling. That's one hell of a way to walk your way into an MVP spot. Now is it recorded his four uh, hundredth career goal in this game? And the shorthanded goal he scored coming right off the bench was absolute filth. Dude, it was sick. I mean, I, I really, there's no way to articulate how good he looked out there. But, I mean, I got to go right for my boy, Andrew Q, the rookie, first game in the league, gets his first tuck, Full three on assists. Hashtag Flamingo season. Dude, he looked great out there. He looked so freaking comfortable. My guy's a rocket. I mean, he got his parents in the stands. I just, it was awesome to see. I mean, that's the stuff that you love. First game, one talk, walk out of there, happy man. Three assists. Probably, probably went out with the boys that night and got after it. You know, you love it. Jordan Durston, absolutely dirty. Went full Gary Gate on one of his goals, and I was like, dude, that shouldn't be happening in the box game, but it just happened. Yeah, dude, that was sick. We've seen, dude, 
we've seen some great tucks this season already. We're only two weeks in now, and we're already one. I mean, we're going to get to the game in a minute on Sports Center, and I mean, we're we're just thriving at this point. Joe Resitardis had an absolutely phenomenal game. Uh, he looks like he could have, you know, kind of that Josh Currier role for the Wings, where not a lot of people are paying attention to him because a guy like Callum Crawford's out there, a guy like Stephen LeBlanc's out there. Just like with the Wings, how you have Kyle Matisse and Kevin Crowley, Joe Resitardis is going to be that sneaky guy for New England all season long where he's going to put up points and it's going to be kind of like a silent killer role, and he's going to he's gonna dominate for New England this year. No, certainly. I think that he – I mean, I said it last show. He's a guy who's not afraid to pick up some points now. that They've lost some guys in the roster, moved some guys around. I think that he's going to play a huge role both in the locker room and on the floor. Looked great out there, though. I mean, you love to see it. I mean, my biggest issue with this New England squad, they looked great, don't get me wrong, but three for seven on the PP – Got to look. Got to get a better look than that, in my opinion. I think we got to go four or five for seven. Just got to convert a little bit better. But yeah, I mean, New England. There were some flaws in their game, but uh, got to give a hat tip too to uh, the fireman, Dan Dawson. First goal of the season scored for Toronto came from him. First goal in a Toronto Rocky uniform. And we we talk about the three headed monster in Toronto. They've got guys on deck now. So like. Even if a guy like Tom Schreiber does get shut down, they have the firepower to rebound from that. But New England's defense just did a fantastic job limiting them late in the game. Certainly. I mean, we can't overlook Toronto. Toronto still played a great game. They looked good out there. Challen Rogers, obviously, podcast science, if we want to call it that, whatever. A goal. One talk, one assist. He looked good out there, though. He was officiating mm-hmm. a bit. I mean, he was making things happen. A lot of off-ball movement. You love to see that. My boy Alec Tullett get himself a nice little penalty. Way to, like, screw your team over there, buddy. <laughs> but, um, no, he thought that this i think this toronto team's gonna be good dude i think that this this is a tough loss for the week but i think they're gonna bounce right back i mean yeah it's it's tough when you keep tommy schreiber quiet i mean you double him at times and he can't perform at the level that he's used to i mean it doesn't help when a guy like adam jones only has one tuck no assists i mean you're just not producing at the level that you're used to and uh i think they'll turn it around next week though other big takeaways hopefully jackson nishimura is okay he got hurt and had to kind of be helped off the floor uh, looked like an ankle injury from the way he was kind of, you know, wincing and the way that they were, you know, carrying him. He was holding his leg up. So hopefully he's going to be okay. And then we talked about the face off. Joe Nordell looked great in his first game. Oh, he did. He he looked so comfortable out there. I mean, this is a guy who obviously studies face off day by day by day. But I've only ever seen him perform on the field feel out on the field at this point in my life but to see him work on the box game is just awesome i think that he's gonna be great at it i think he's gonna win this team a lot of possession i think we're gonna see him play a bit differently too i think he's a little bit undersized in box so i think we're gonna see him maybe win ground balls and get rid of it pretty quick i don't think he's gonna be as aggressive as a guy like trevor or alex woodall who we didn't mention it actually because i just completely slipped my mind for some reason i don't know where the hell alex woodall was last night for new york because i think that he would have freaking changed the game tremendously and obviously would have shut jake withers down a bit more than he did but you know what it happens he probably had a good reason for not being there but i think that we're gonna see a lot out of joe nardello this season i'm pumped to see what he can do go get himself a milkshake after this one yeah, he went 11 of 24 on the faceoff. Went toe to toe with Brad Cree, who is typically the faceoff guy for Toronto, and you can't be mad at that. Like almost identical stats there. Yeah, I mean, go 50 for 50. You're winning half. I mean, this is still a new, 
new setup for him. I mean, you're not going to win as many face-offs as you necessarily do on the field at times in the beginning, but I think he'll figure it out by the third or fourth week. He'll be taking probably 75 80% if I'm being totally real. Yeah, and uh, like you said, New England went 3 of 7 on the power play. Toronto went 2 of 6, so like kind of equal on the power play opportunities. But, uh, you know, these teams look damn good. Like we said, New England picked up right where they left off last season, even in a playoff loss. They uh, they were hot down the stretch, and they look great right now. Toronto, they'll figure it out um, like they always do. Just a tough opening loss, I think. And uh, it's going to be very intriguing to see what these two teams are able to do uh, in their next games. New England goes to Saskatchewan. Toronto goes to San Diego. Two very fun matchups again. I think that the Toronto just, I think the game snuck up on them here. I think that they have a lot more talent than necessarily what they showed on the floor the other night. I think that New England was a bit more prepared. And you know what? We're just going to see a new squad come out in a few weeks after they've fixed these little notches in their uh, setup. You know, uh, I don't know what the hell I was looking to say there, but you understand people. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to see if there's any, you know, transaction with uh, Alex Woodall, but I'm not seeing anything really. When My guess is to... that he was just busy doing something else. He probably, I'm shocked he wasn't, I don't know which face-off, uh, which one of the programs he works with outside of it, but I know like Face-Off Academy this weekend had their national showcase. Um, maybe he's with Face-Off Factory doing something, I'm not sure. I don't know uh, what, what was going on with him, but I'm sure it was a good reason. So we take a break from our week two NLL conversation, and we are joined by a very special guest. She's one of the most talented people in the lacrosse community, and uh, she paints shoes and gloves and does for a living. The one and only Kicks by Carly now joins us on the show. What's up, Carly? Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. That was so flattering. I feel <laughs> So first of all, we love your work here at OTB. We think you're one of the most talented people on the planet and on, you know, the galaxy. You you painted up three of our favorite people uh, during the PLL season. Greg Gerenlian, Jules Henningberg, Jared Newman, all friends of the show. Um, just give our listeners a little, you know, backstory on how Kicks by Carly got started. Yeah, so I actually started Kicks by Carly the fall of my freshman year, so... I really started out like hand painting shoes. I did a lot of vans. That was like the big thing at the time. And like, I would just kind of do them with whatever people liked. So I really started off my own pair and did like my favorite sports teams and everything. And then people just kept asking for stuff and I would do like college themes and basically whatever they wanted. And then that kind of turned into learning how to do custom shirts and apparel and like cutting shirts and sewing and all that fun stuff. And then eventually that turned into designing apparel for different colleges that's now like licensed officially and all that fun stuff so there's some of that stuff is sold at different colleges and then I kind of got into airbrushing like last fall so really actually recently it's only like just been a year basically and I just kind of dove in head first and started doing cleats and sneakers and then Jules came to me with the glove idea and we just kind of went from there and the gloves have been really popular since that. The Juke Lab gloves popped as soon as he put those things on. Um, and, you know, your your gallery on your website is unreal. You look at some of the stuff you've, you know, been able to do. How tough was it 
you know, you talked about getting it licensed with different colleges and stuff. Was that a process in itself to make sure that it was, you know, officially licensed and there was no issues coming from the different colleges? Yeah, that was, like, a big thing, but I originally, like, made a Syracuse design, and I took it to one of the, like, t-shirt stores on campus, and I, like, I had already been in conversation with the owner, and he already had, like, the ties of, like, getting things licensed and everything, so it was kind of easy from there, but it, like, it was difficult. It wasn't, it wasn't the easiest thing, especially when you were doing things with other colleges that, like, you don't know what of their sayings or logos are trademarked or any that you can't use, so it's kind of difficult. Now, you dove into, you know, the glove scene, and obviously, uh, if people don't know, you're partnered with Epic Lacrosse as well. How did that kind of come about? Um, obviously, you and I both have that relationship with James, who, you know, founded Epic and everything, but how did that kind of, you know, come down, and what have you been able to do so far with Epic? Yeah, so basically, I kind of got involved with Epic as soon as I made the gloves for Jules. They were talking to me about stuff, and then Jared reached out and wanted a pair of gloves, so then... I'd already done a bunch of work on their product. And then I actually was at the PLL championship game because I was invited as a guest of the league because I did a pair of cleats for them that was auctioned off at the championship. So it had like all six logos and everything like that. But so I was on the field at the championships during warmups and I don't really even know how it happened, but I kind of, like met James and we started talking and then he gave me his card and then we honestly just kind of like escalated it from there we continued to talk and then we have a lot of different projects in the works and a lot of giveaways coming up too so and a really really fun contest coming that I don't want to give away too much but you might be able to design your own gloves and have them made by me that's what we like to hear um the new stuff you've been putting out too like the the galaxy gloves are absolutely amazing um what what are kind of some of your just like inspirations when you're going to attack whether it's sneakers gloves whatever it may be what kind of gets you motivated to you know just come up with specific designs if it's not you know a uh you know for a client yeah even like when it comes to being for a client i feel like they kind of just like give me like one or two word answers which like i was like actually just saying that i was like because i'm talking to somebody now who wants gloves and i was like i feel like the hardest part about this is getting them to verbalize what they want and like honestly like when jules wanted his gloves he literally all he told me was like juke lab and like redwoods colors and i was like okay well i'm not just writing juke lab on gloves <laughs> like that's so boring and i was like i don't do boring so it needs to be something good so i like came up with doing like the little like intricate wording and like little imaging and all that stuff to I guess kind of just like show all like the little things and make like a big story and like make him who he is. And then Jared said just like bomb squad. And I was like, okay, like again, I'm not just like writing bomb squad <laughs> on your gloves. Like that's not going to work. So then I came up with like doing the lightning and he actually said he wanted to have like all the members of the bomb squad, like on the fingers. So I was like, okay, like thank you for like giving me something to There's work some with. some detail. But, yeah. I mean, it's like hard because I feel like a lot of the times they kind of just like don't know what they want. So I end up having to be like, pulling teeth and like okay how do you feel about this how do you feel about that and like sometimes it goes through like three or four different like mock-ups and designs of like what they want I mean Jared I showed him the lightning he was like no that's sick just do it and I was like okay <laughs> thank you like you're so easy like it's awesome but a lot of the inspiration is like I look at a lot of people and artists who do like cleats for football players and especially when they do like the things for, like my cause my cleats and like all the different 
like patterns and textures and stuff that they use and a lot of that is like really like interesting to me kind of especially because like that's a big canvas and the gloves are really small and especially with like all the little like panels and everything getting things like fit correctly but I think like a lot of my inspiration would probably come from the artists who do a lot of the football players cleats and a lot of like the NBA players wear cool shoes too a lot of like color ideas come from there but design wise I would definitely say all the NFL guys how overwhelming was kind of the the blow up as soon as you know Jules got involved with you and then just it kind of surfacing on social media like everything um you know this summer how overwhelming was just the the constant kind of interaction whether it was Instagram Twitter whatever it may be I swear it's like one time I look at my phone and I put it down for 10 minutes and then the next thing I know I've like 17 notifications like Jules <laughs> tagged doing a photo Jules tagged doing a story like somebody else commented on this like you got 10 new files. I'm like, oh my God, I this always happens to me. I put it down. I look at my iPhone or my iPad and I'm like, holy crap, like where did this all come from? And then I like go back and I'm like, oh, okay, he tagged me. Oh, this person said that, whatever. And just like out of control. I was like looking through. I wasn't looking at my followers today, but I was looking at something and I clicked somebody. Did I click? I clicked on Drake Porter. He's the goalie at Syracuse. I went to Syracuse also. So I I don't know, I just, like, clicked his name on my Kickstarter Carly account to just, like, see, and I was like, oh, like, it says follows you, and I was like, I, like, literally did not even know that Drake Porter follows me, and then I was looking through my stuff yesterday, and it was like, Grant Amen followed you, and I was like, I totally missed that, too, like, this just, it just, like, keeps happening, and it's, like, this huge, like, influx of people all at once, and I, like, can't keep up with who follows me, so if anybody ever follows me and I don't follow you back, I'm really sorry, but it's probably just because I have a lot of things, like, a lot of notifications. <laughs> That's because you're a hot commodity. What you do is, is great work. Um, how did you kind of come up with Kicks by Carly? Obviously, you started with sneakers and everything. Was it that simple, or was it something where you were like, I got to think of something that's going to stick? No, it was literally so simple. I was actually – so I drew on my own Vans, and I was like, okay, whatever. Like People started asking me to do it. I would do it for them, and I was just like so like not interested in like making a business out of it, and I was just like, whatever, like – I'll just do it for fun. Like, I don't really care. And then I don't know what hit me, but I was sitting at the airport one day going from New York to Syracuse. And I don't know why, but I just took a picture of my shoes and made a Kicks by Carly Instagram. And I was like, I guess I'm calling it Kicks by Carly now. <laughs> and it just kind of, that's just like what it was. And then, I don't know, after that, I like had my logo made and I like told you that whole story. I actually got it. Best story my ever. Neighbor, my neighbor freshman year was like a graphic design major. And he was like, oh, like, I'll do it for you for, like, $5 and a bag of Cheetos. And I was like, okay, sure, like, take whatever food you want, whatever. And I actually just, like, looked at it recently. But I have, like, there were, like, 40 different versions of the logo and, like, all these different things. And, like, it's still even in, like, all those 40 versions. It's not, like, what the final version was, which is, like, kind of crazy. We need to get you a Cheeto sponsorship ASAP. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> um, now, you said you went to Syracuse and everything. What kind of went into your decision to go there? Obviously, you're a New York girl, but was it just that simple that it was close to home and, uh, you know, Syracuse has a great program for what you went to school for as well? It wasn't simple. I was, like, so anti-Syracuse all of high school. I was like, I'm not going there. I don't even know why I applied, to be honest. Like, I don't know how, like, that application, like, got thrown in at all, but it somehow did. And then, I don't know, like, I went for sport management. Syracuse has, like, the best sport management program in the country. So I guess once I got in, I kind of considered it more and then like I remember reading my acceptance email and I was like okay like I got Syracuse like whatever like cool <laughs> like I was just kind of like okay like whatever like 
that's nice. I guess, like, it's better to get accepted than rejected, I guess, whatever. But then I went and toured, and it was, like, pouring rain, freezing cold, like, a typical Syracuse day. It was, like, disgusting. And I don't know what it was, but I turned to my dad. I was like, I'm going here. And he's like, what are you talking about, Carly? Like, it's disgusting. It's so cold. Like, whatever. Like, why don't you go to Miami? Like, go live on the <laughs> And I was like, no, like, I don't know. Like, I want to go here. And he was like, why? And I was like, dad, like, I'm not going to school for the weather. Like, I don't know. And then, I don't know. I just went to Syracuse and it was that. That was it. Now, we were talking earlier this week, too, and you said you played lacrosse growing up and then you were, like, done with lacrosse, and now your life revolves around the sport. Yes. How crazy is that to you that, like, you know, one, your business is based on a sport that you thought you were completely done with? I quit lacrosse in high school because I hated it, and because everybody in my town took it way too seriously, and I was, like, so not about it. I was, like, just not into it at all. But, like, through all of that, I always watched, like, the boys' lacrosse games because I just hated girls' lacrosse. I thought it was just, like, so annoying. And, like, I would watch the boys, and I was like, wow, like, they can hit people. They can check and all this. I was like, that's awesome. Like, and then girls' lacrosse is like, you can't do anything. Plus, you had to wear a skirt. And I was just, like, so <laughs> not about that. Like, I just, I couldn't do it. So I always watched the boys' lacrosse, and I really enjoyed it. And then I went to Syracuse, and obviously, like, they're amazing lacrosse, so... I always watched lacrosse, but I just stopped playing it because I hated it. And now my life revolves around it, which is really crazy and ridiculous. But it's it all stemmed from the fact that everybody in my town takes lacrosse way too seriously. And, like, everybody goes to D1 schools to play. And, like, at, this is, like, back when, like, people could commit, like, three million years ago. Like, Ian Laviano committed to play Virginia. He was, like, a freshman and I was a senior and I didn't know where I was going. And he would, like, always rub it in my face. And I was like, can you stop? Like, I don't know where I'm going to college. He's like, yeah, but I'm going to Virginia. And I was like, I, like, don't care. Nobody asked. <laughs> exactly. It was just, it's just, like, so irritating. And, like, Adam Gittleman went to my high school, but he's, like, a lot older than me. So, like, I never actually knew him. But, like, I always remember, like, his name being, like, brought up. But, like, I just, like, never imagined in, like, high school when I quit <laughs> lacrosse that, like, Oh, like, five, six years down the line. Like, this is your life again. Like, no way. And then you went to Syracuse, JoJo Marasco, who played in the PLL. And yeah. You got all the connections there. We need a JoJo car- Kicks by Carly collab with some I'm Syracuse down. gloves or something. I'm JoJo's down. a big friend of the he show. Would love so. that. I feel like he would love that. Oh, he would He would eat it up. And then all of his students would be like, these are the coolest things ever. Because JoJo's <laughs> a teacher in Florida, which I think is the coolest thing ever. Um, yeah. Now, you tweeted that you know, during this weekend's NLL action that you were like, should I be paying attention to the NLL? Should I be a Riptide fan? Have you kind of indulged in the NLL at all, or is this kind of going to be your first crack at it? I think I watched, like, one game last year, like, maybe, like, not even, like, thoroughly, I guess, like, playing the background properly. And I feel like I just, like, didn't even pay attention enough to know what was going on, so I was kind of just like, okay, whatever. Like, Also, I feel like it helps, like, the PLL, like, I just know all the players, and, like, I know a lot of them personally, so it's, like, it's easy to root for people. But, like, the NLL, I just don't know that many people. So, so I was kind of totally like, a Riptide fan because half the roster is PLL yeah, guys. Exactly. And, I mean, I'm from Long Island, so I feel exactly. like I have to be a Riptide fan. But I don't know. I actually like, <laughs> interviewed for a job there. They wanted me to do ticket sales, and I was like, that's just not me. Sorry. <laughs> I can't customize tickets. Yeah, yeah, no. They asked me. They were like, well, if you, like, do ticket sales, you're going to, like, always just be, like, waiting to, like, do some like artwork or something and I was like yes like I don't want to sell tickets like that's just not who I am <laughs> we definitely have to get you out to some NLL games because I feel like you'd have 
a blast because you said you liked the the guys lacrosse with the checking and everything. There's literal fist fights, yeah, and it's, like it's hockey, a blast. But yeah, like, without skates. It's which, hockey like, with turf. I'm a hockey fan, so it's fine. Plus, like it's Long Island, like it's a good time. I don't know about that. It's a different <laughs> breed of people. Um, just overall, like you know, with what you've been able to accomplish, you know, these past five years of doing kicks by Carly. Did you ever see yourself doing this, like, to this extent? Not at all. So, even, like, senior year, I did, like, my capstone project, which is, like, your, like, culminating project. You do, like, literally full-time internship working for, like, 12 weeks. And I did it with the New York Lizards. But long story short, at the end, they, like, ask you a question after your presentation. And this was, like, the most nerve-wracking thing because <laughs> they give you, like, a list of, like, 50 questions that they might ask and I often be like long-winded answers and all this and I was like obviously praying I hope I got certain questions so I knew how to answer them and some of them I was just like if I got this I'm screwed I don't know what I'm gonna say but my capstone advisor asked me she was like this was completely not even about my capstone she was like so like are you gonna continue kicks by Carly and do it full time and I was like no like I want like like I want to work in sports like I don't want to do that like what I, I like I literally think I straight up said like no like I don't want to do that and then I don't know it just kind of like evolved to the fact like I I feel like my whole life is me saying like I don't like something or don't want to do it and then like a certain amount of time later like I end up doing it like I feel like that's what this entire podcast has been me saying oh I didn't want to go to Syracuse but then I went to Syracuse like that's our entire podcast now I do kickstart like it's just ridiculous I was telling you we started this podcast I had no clue about the entire sport in itself and the first episode we do is at the NLL league office with the commissioner. I'm like, okay, now I guess i got to figure out questions to ask somebody that runs an entire league about this sport. So it, it all works out. Um, it does. It, it's a wild sport, and this league, these two leagues that we cover have brought both of us success, which is a ton of fun. But, uh, you know, let everybody know where they can follow you. Check out all your amazing work that you do. I know you have a website, your Instagram, Twitter, and everything. Um, and how they can like get a hold of you if they want, you know, custom stuff done by the one and only Kicks by Carly. Yeah, you can follow me at Kicks by Carly or Car Fleischer, which is like mostly me complaining about not getting sleep because of all of these people's crazy requests and how swamped I am. Um, Kicks by Carly dot com, and you could message me Carly at Kicks by Carly dot com is my email. But speak in full sentences, please, or else I'm not gonna want to deal with you because i never know what people are saying and i don't want to sit here trying to translate you guys you heard the lady <laughs> do what she says carly you're the absolute best this is not the last time you'll be on this show we're gonna have you on a lot more because it's crazy that you have not been on a podcast until now and uh we're making it happen more because you're fun to talk to and you're gonna be on way way more with outside the box I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it because this also makes me feel really cool and like I'm actually doing something in my life. You are really cool because you do cool stuff. <laughs> you're succeeding in the lacrosse community and uh, you're just overall badass. So thanks for taking time out of your, uh, you know, designing gloves and everything for Jules and, and Jared and Greg and everybody else that's uh, coming at you with requests to come on the show because it was an absolute blast. Of course, thank you for having me, and I can't wait to be back, and maybe we'll get you guys some custom stuff done too soon. Gotta thank Carly for coming on the show. It was a, a fun sit-down, just talking, you know, a little bit of a different aspect of the lacrosse community. Carly will be on this show more and more and more. Um, 
I had a blast talking to her and, you know, obviously she's from Long Island and uh, we're very close to Riptide games. So there's definitely going to be some more collabs in the future and uh, very much looking forward to those. But again, thanks to Carly for coming on the show and uh, let's kick it back to the NLL breakdown. Let's dive into what I build the game of the week on the preview show, and it lived up to that hype and more. This game was chippy. We got our lone hashtag ding ding game, which you can go get that ding ding shirt in our design tree storefront. Buffalo, San Diego. Buffalo wins at 13 to 10 in Bandoland. This game came down to the wire, like we said it would, and uh, just a fantastic game all around. Connor Fields scores the first game, uh, first goal of the game. For San Diego, Corey Small scored the first overall goal and first goal of the season for Buffalo. Uh, This game was just so much fun to watch, and I couldn't, like, I had all three games up down in the studio, along with the Sixers game on, and I just had the audio of this game on because it was going back and forth, and it was just too much fun to not be focused in on. Dude, if there's one spot I wish I was, it was Bandaland this weekend. It was bumping out here it looked great but yeah back and forth to say the least i mean they trade goals there in the first probably until the end of the fourth quarter in my opinion and then buffalo kind of ran away with it i think that they outlasted them a bit longer here but dude i think that this san diego team is going to be better than i thought i mean obviously i counted them out a little bit i did i'm not gonna lie but um they looked freaking good out there i mean my my player of the game zach greer this is a guy who I probably, if you would have told me six months ago, was going to be in the league this year, saying, no way, Jose, it's not happening, but comes out, two goals, three assists. You love to see it. I mean, that was that he was leading on the floor and looked great. Wes Berg scored his 100th goal of his career, his first in a Seals uniform, had six points on the night, and uh, San Diego looked good. They just they didn't come out with enough firepower in that fourth quarter. It was a slugfest throughout the entire game the defense was great for san diego in the first half and then buffalo kind of adjusted and was able to find their footing and dane smith podcast science three goals three assists scored the final two goals of the game to kind of ice this one for buffalo josh burns scored the go-ahead goal don't know how the refs missed that kind of check to his neck Oh, that was ridiculous, buddy. I mean, if you're going to oh, – well, I mean, we're going to get into the dang Doby stuff soon. But if you're going to freaking miss a cross check to the neck, that's like quite literally could kill someone. Like, that's the shit I don't mess around with. And that was ridiculous. No, I completely agree. Yeah, it was a little tough. Uh... Okay, but I also have another issue with this game. This is this is really just my own personal vendetta or whatever. But um, Chris Cloutier, second star of the game, three goals, two assists. Dane Doby, no star of the game, three goals, three assists. Let's work on looking at numbers here, boys. Let's assign these players the right you stars mean Dane of the Smith? game. Yeah, Dane Smith, is that what I not said? You said Dane Doby. Oh, frick. I already got my <laughs> mind on that. No, Dane Smith, very different people. Dane Smith's a homie, friend of the podcast. Should have been the second star of the game, in my opinion. Hey, I will give my hats off to one Chris Kluche, though, because he looked fantastic in this game. I was very impressed by Kluche. Uh, looked very comfortable, more comfortable than in any game between Philly and Buffalo than he did all last season. He's really Those finding plays. his footing, and uh, he's going to be a big part of this offense, no doubt about it, because I think with the, the moving on of Sean Evans and just some of the key pieces that this team had last year, his role is going to be more emphasized, and I'm very excited to see what he can do because he's very talented, and uh, he works well with Dane Smith. Yeah, those boys up in Buffalo got on that core life diet, the uh, 
joint that they're always posting on their uh, Instagram story. Josh Bird and uh, Dane are just constantly eating at that spot, eh? For sure. And, uh, you know, Corey Small continues to dominate. Uh, you know, Dallas Brittle scored his first goal of his career. And, you know, this could be a matchup that we see down the line potentially. You know, obviously it's one game, but I would love to watch a rematch of this game. Oh, yeah, me too. Maybe a one out in San Diego next time, give them the home field advantage. I think that that was, I think that being in Bannerland played a huge factor in this one. I mean, we only. I only talk about it every week, how important your venue is. And I think that Banditland is unlike anywhere else. And it really just took this team and put them on a whole other level. Got to give a shout out to my guy, Matt Vince, with a little assist. Big way to start off the year. I mean, he looked great out there. I thought that he stood on his freaking head all night. Looked just phenomenal. Craziest part of this game, too. San Diego dominated the faceoff. 18 of 27, they won between, uh, you know, Jeremy Noble and uh, Cleland took 10 of 17, where Buffalo, their their top face-off performer was Ian McKay, of all people, 6 of 15 on the face-off. Uh, Weiss went 3 of 10, and then Noseworthy went 0 of 1. It's interesting that Buffalo was still able to recoup, especially losing that many face-offs, and San Diego went 50% on the power play. Yeah, dude, I was about to go into how Buffalo went 1 and 4 on their PP. I thought that was kind of surprising. This is a team who came out and looked amazing all year long last season on the PP. I thought that they were going to just pick up right where they left off, maybe go three or four in my opinion, maybe even four or four just because they're, they have so much freaking talent up top that they could do something like that. But I mean, if this San Diego team wants to make playoffs, they're going to have to get a couple things together. I think that's going to be really tough coming out of that Western division and being a top two team. But, um, they're going to figure it out, I think, uh, behind a guy like Brody Merrill, who looked like a freaking captain out there all night long, kind of commanded this team in a pretty, not to use like a weird term, but elegant way. The he box score really... doesn't show, but he was out there as a floor general. Right. He was just completely, he was like, a, what, are they, what are they called in war? You have your generals and mm-hmm. you're like, he was like he was a like commander. General or commander, yeah, he had. He was like pointing, telling dudes where to go and stuff. I mean, that was probably not the best way to articulate it, but I tried my best. Yeah, so this game, uh, you know, lived up to the hype. Unfortunately, I was wrong in my pick but I got New England right, so it kind of evened things out. And uh, very excited that we cleared some things up. Alex is back in the pick segment, too. We weren't sure if she was going to be able to participate, but she is back. Uh, so it'll be me, Herman, Alex fighting for the pick crown. Yeah, I mean, 22K, the road to it. I'm going to win it. I'm not terribly uh, concerned. It was a slow start. It was 1-2 first week. Not a good look. But come back this week, 2-1. and one. We're back to 500, just like we're starting new. Shout out to our friends at Design Tree as well. They are going to be the ones powering our Pick'em segment all season long. Big shout out to those guys over there because, uh, you know, they help us put out that fire merch for you guys. And it's going to be a long season. And, who knows, maybe we'll do something fun along the way with the Pick'em segment. But, Herm, let's get into the news that also dropped this week, and that is the Dane Doby suspension. He is going to be out, what was it, six games now? Six games. So he had the one-game match penalty suspension and the five-game repeat offender. So um, so that is I mean, one-third of Calgary's season that I they think- will not have their captain. We need to break this down from the beginning. First of all, we all watched the game 
don't think anything of it. We obviously even get put in the box for that stupid ass call where he gets pushed into the goalie by a defender, but for some reason got a roughing call for it. So I'm like, okay, this has to be where he's getting the match penalty from. Obviously, I don't know what else ha- like happened on the floor or whatever. I put out that video. Everyone's like, yeah, this is yeah. bullshit. Some guy said something about getting drunk or something. I was like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, buddy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, you did put that video, and I watched the whole thing, and I couldn't see really anything that stemmed from that. Obviously, we know that Nick Billick got hurt in that game too on a, a really rough, uh, you know, play. And I thought maybe they suspended the wrong person. Um, but a statement from the commissioner came out this week as well and said uh quote this is a private matter that has been resolved by including everyone involved we consider this closed and are not going to comment further on any details the resulting judgment came from the input of all involved and speaks for itself there will be no further comment and that is from nick sakevich your nll commissioner yeah i mean after i posted the video i obviously commented and said something like this something must have been said off camera that nobody sees. And that's what I'm assuming this is getting down to. I think, I think there, I think two things come from this. I'm, I'm one, I'm probably one of the most liberal understanding and just genuine people on earth. That being said, I think that a lot of people are getting soft. I think that something was probably said that somebody took the wrong way. And now West, I mean, Dane Dobie's getting punished for it. I don't think that your captain is out here trying to offend anybody doing anything that's going to put i mean him being out of the lineup for six games isn't helping anybody he's not going to do something like that to hurt his team so i think that somebody's taking something a bit more personal but at the same time on the other hand he might have said something that was really fucked up and like he deserves it i don't know if he's a repeat offender clearly this isn't the first i mean he being a calgary guy i obviously want to support Dane, and it's tough not to but i think that he does play with a certain smug occasionally personality he's passionate he's not afraid to say what the hell's on his mind and he lets it happen so i think that he's kind of developed a reputation for himself at this point that he's 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 a freaking pigeon he's no fun to play with out there he's gonna get in your ear he's gonna piss you off and i mean if this is if this is really something personal Sure, I you do take whatever steps to suspend him and make a make a freaking what what are these make what an do they call out of it. make yeah right that's what I'm looking for make an example of him but if if you're being soft right now as a league and or as like I want to say dude I'm guessing it has something to do with the ref that guy uh, what's his he's my been guess in the is he forever. my guess here is because we didn't see anything happen on film or on video physically. He had to have said something or cursed out the ref or something like that, and the ref didn't take it well, and then it got reviewed, and because of the repeat offender rule, um, that's what happened, but nobody knows. Even guys that are more in tap of the league than we are have no clue what this suspension stems from, and it doesn't look like we're going to find that out anytime soon. Obviously, something that you and I, we can't sit here and decipher right now. We're not going to come to a judgment. We can just spitball and throw ideas out there about what we thought happened or didn't happen. And at the end of the day, I hope that Dane Doby's getting what he deserves. Because if not, I think that he's not only doing a disservice to him as a player, it's doing a disservice to the Calgary Roughnecks, and it's doing a disservice to the rest of the freaking league and the fans. Because... At the end of the day, the fans come out because they want to see that guy play because he's a freaking stud. He tucks goals and he makes games interesting. He's not afraid to 
drop the mitts with someone. He's going to get the fans on their feet, and he's going to sell freaking tickets. So I just hope that they're doing the right thing here. I'll preface this. If it is something that deserved and warranted that suspension, go for it. Like, you know, if it it was worthy of it, I am 100% for it. But obviously, we're not going to know what happened because of that statement from the commissioner as well. Um, Why don't we just call him up right now? I mean... You you got Nick on speed dial? (laughs) Uh, So, we'll see if we can find anything, you know, in the coming weeks. If anything comes out, just stay tuned. We'll try to figure this whole thing out. Um, But it's, it's very odd that nobody has a single clue as to what this suspension stems from. Yeah, dude, it's it's almost well, that's why at first I'm like, dude, this can't be there's something went wrong. Like they either tweeted out the wrong tweet, they've got the wrong guy or something along those lines because it just seemed like nothing was like it just felt like it was out of nowhere one. Mm-hmm. And two, it was just like what the hell did he do? I watched the entire game back and forth after. Yeah. Like it was there was very no odd. point. There was no point where I was like, oh, Dane Doby deserves to be suspended for this or that. I mean, it just never happened. So I just hope that they're doing the right thing here as a league. It's obviously, if it is a really personal thing, he's putting the league in a really tough situation right here because nobody wants to be the bad guy. Nobody wants to be the disciplinary who has to come down on someone like him, especially if it's something that's verbal because, I mean, it's 2019. Verbal abuse is a real thing. And people take that shit to heart. We're we're just learning about the NHL with Mike with Babcock and other issues with other coaches. These these people in the league can really ruin guys and send guys into like mental breakdowns. And it's happened for a very long time throughout sports. Coaches and players don't always know when to shut their face. But I think that if it's a verbal thing, it, this could be a good way of taking care of it. Make an example of him and. Just let it be known. This is the stuff that isn't going to be tolerated anymore. I mean, the PLL at the beginning of their season showed off the video about the inclusion throughout all communities. And that's something that Scotty Ratliff is someone who just comes out in mind. Uh, Kyle Harrison as well. Two guys who really preach the inclusion of everybody. So if you're out here throwing slurs or anything like that, it's not accepted. There's no place. There's no place for it in the lacrosse community anymore because you know what? As as bad of a reputation as this sport has gotten at times in this country, and I've heard it from all different places. I obviously am a kid who went to a boarding school. I, I've heard I've heard it all. Up in Canada where Dane's playing is this game's honored. I mean, this is this game is not just a sport, but it's a freaking way of life and you honor it and you treat it like a, a way that something someone would treat religion or something. So I mean if that's if that's what this is coming down to, I just want to make sure that everybody's doing the right thing. But if everybody's been addressed, you know what? It's not our job to come on here and talk right. about it any more than we have other any more than us just telling you what our opinions are and what happened. Um, other than that, the other news from the commissioner is that in a sit down with friend of the show Devin Caney, uh, she was interviewing him, and it was a halftime kind of release. He confirmed that in the next three years, the league is planning on adding three expansion teams starting in 2021, then 2022, and 2023, which would bring the league by 2023 to that 16-team cap that he mentioned on our very first show where they want to get to before they kind of pause expansion for a while, kind of gauge the league for a few years and see where they are before they add any other markets. And uh, I'm very excited because potentially we'll see, you know, the one that we kind of reported last season with San Francisco. 
I think we see a team in Dallas, and then Herm and I are kind of going back and forth between whether it's another team in Canada, whether it's going to be down in Orlando, or uh, another market. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, obviously, first two, San Francisco and Dallas are kind of what you and I have been harping on now for a while. However, the other night, Teddy Jenner tweeted out a picture of Portland and, like, the Lumberjacks. I mean, the, uh, Portland, obviously, was one of the better NLL communities back in the day before they got rid of the team there. So there I was the be whole thing on Brody as well that the Seals did. Shout out to the San Diego Seals, by the way. Their social team has taken to the next level. Crushing. Uh, yeah. That, that kind of video they did on Brody Merrill kind of getting ready for the season where he played for Portland his first season. Right. That's also where it came up. But also, when, like you said, with Teddy Jenner being in Portland. Yeah, I mean, I think that was more of a coincidence than anything else with Teddy being there. But, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw a team out there. I think that's a perfect venue. It's close to Vancouver, uh, not too bad to Calgary. Down to San Diego, it's pretty easy. And it's a nice middleman for a lot of those trips because, I mean, so many of them are longer flights that you don't necessarily want to have to take. That being said, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw a team maybe in Arizona, uh, Dallas, and San Francisco, I think, are, are four major cities that we could harp on here on the uh, West Coast side of things. I think we could see a team in Edmonton, potentially. That would be a good spot. They had a team before. That's where the rush were. The stadium was there, and they're kind of just like, our doors are open. Just come back. Right, and I think that their fan base is freaking exquisite, to say the least. We also said Minnesota, because it's where the Swarm were before. Another situation like Edmonton, doors are open. Just come back. Uh, I don't don't understand how a team in Minnesota wouldn't thrive. I mean, the lacrosse and hockey communities there terrific because then it kind of brings in the market of wisconsin brings in kind of all those neighboring like northern you know u.s (laughs) states together and it's kind of a central meeting point uh dallas is interesting just because jerry world is there the dallas stars the dallas mavericks mark cuban is there uh i would not be shocked if any of them want to get involved uh you know with the nll arizona is another interesting spot because you have the coyotes you've got the phoenix suns um, and they've had a team before. so They've again, had a team before, so like there's the venue opportunities there. Orlando's interesting to me just because you have Disney World and Disney as a, a, a prime spot to kind of just plop a team. Plus you have the Orlando Magic down there as well. Um, but we definitely think, you know, San Francisco is, in our opinion, a 99.9% lock because the Golden State Warriors owner wants to get involved. That new arena is there for Golden State especially now because the Warriors are not very good this season with all the injuries they've suffered. They want to bring some spark and razzle-dazzle after losing Kevin Durant. Bring the NLL to San Francisco. Hey, buddy, did you see that they had the um, Seals commercial at the Brooklyn Nets game the other day because of Joe Sy? Oh, wow. That's interesting. It was interesting because, I mean, this is a team that's on the other side of the freaking country, but because they have the same owner, it was kind of dope that they had the commercial going. Not saying Cross-branding. Um yeah, I think that there's a lot of places that we could plop teams down. I think uh, you have to be smart about it, though, at this point. I think that adding teams this year was very easy because we went into big markets. We went in back into New York. We went into Halifax, who was craving a freaking team, and we added the team in Rochester that was kind of already there, but now it's a new team. Obviously, we knew it would support itself. And the year before, Those you are, bring in California, you bring in right. Philly again, two major two markets. major markets. One of them already had a team. So, I mean, those are those are easy to break through. That being said, the league's at a surplus. Not Maybe not a surplus right now, but they're, they're rising. You don't want to add these teams and see any kind of level out or fall. 
So you got to be really precise about where and when you're adding these next few teams, but I'm pretty stoked. I mean, I think that the league's going to be able to support itself, especially with the growth of the PLL each year because we're just getting new fans every day. Fuck, I mean, I'm blowing up on TikTok right now for, like, my lacrosse vines. It was, not vines. It, it was interesting to me, though, he said that there were multiple ownership groups vying for the city. So there are going to there's going to be a bidding war for who gets a team in 2021, 2022 and 2023. Um the 16 team dynamics going to be interesting to me because where these teams end up also kind of determines if we have another divisional realignment. Uh, yeah, so we got 4444 something like that. Four and, um that's going to play a big part in it in my opinion is getting the divisions equal. Yeah, I think that would be a big, that would be huge, actually. And, and it would be sick because we wouldn't have to worry about as much weight being distributed. Obviously, right now, the West Coast has one more team than the other two divisions. So it, it just makes it tougher to come out of that division. And it's kind of unfair, especially in a side of the the league that has a freaking absurd amount of talent, in my opinion. I think that the West draws the most talent out of the NLL. And I also wouldn't be that, shocked down the line like after this 16 team, you know, cap if they go again, if we end up having a north, west, south, east and then a Canada division. Right. That's what I was thinking too. I think that Canada needs it because then the alternate cups just all year long. You yeah. either you're either winning it or you're not and it's all about your Canadian record. So I think that would be interesting. And then I think that and plus you're getting more Canadian games than there. Mm-hmm. So you get a team like the Rock playing Vancouver three times in the season, which is that's pretty important in my opinion. I think that drawing those in country coast to coast rivalries is just as important as the wings playing the seals and having some kind of rivalry between them. So I think that'll be really interesting to see what they do over the next few years. I don't think they're as necessarily scripted as like a t as a as an organization and business as a whole i don't know how scripted they are in terms of like the pll i mean i think that the pll has team names team designs team alignments and stops planned for the next two years at least i don't know if the nll is quite at that point but i think they're getting close it's gonna be interesting we've got a loaded week our final preview show drops on friday with our philadelphia wings very excited for this show and then moving forward who knows what's going to happen we've got a lot planned and uh you should stay tuned and that's why you should be following us on twitter at otb Laxpod. as we record this it's our one year twitter anniversary so shout oh, out to everybody that's geez. followed us this year that we've been on the twitter machine and you can follow us on instagram at otb Laxpod as well check out our design tree storefront dsgentry.com search outside the box and uh, get all your, your NLL OTP crossover shirts, the Ding Ding shirt, the Newman Nukes hot sauce shirt, the Chef Rambo, all that good stuff. And, uh, again, shout out to our friends at Signature Lacrosse. Make sure you check out our page, signaturelacrosse.com, slash pages, slash OTB. Herm, any final thoughts on the weekend? Um, you know, I read a lot of Shakespeare, caught up on some sleep, uh, did a ton of content, already mentioned that, but... No, that was it. I mean, I'm kind of, I enjoyed the hell out of the lacrosse, but I'm, I'm pretty stoked to see what we have coming up here in the future for the for the league. Leave those five star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Let us know your thoughts on the weekend, the games coming up, all that good stuff. Who you want to hear on the show, and make sure you leave those five star ratings and reviews because if we get to a hundred, Herm reads them all on Boom. a separate podcast. Oh, do you guys want some big weekend news? Actually. As of the day after Thanksgiving, 
which was the day of my yearly checkup. Why the hell did my mom make it for Black Friday? I couldn't freaking tell you. Since then, my, my person told me I was fat. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not an athlete anymore. And uh, lost 12 pounds. Okay. Get on the train, boys. I'm okay. coming for you. So uh, that's some big weekend news. Uh, I'm getting back in athlete shape. Uh, and then if you're not on the Apple Podcasts, uh, you can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, Overcast, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find us. Just search Outside the Box podcast on your favorite podcast app. And uh, we'll be back later this week with our special guest for our Wings season preview as the Wings get set to kick things off. Finally, we have a Wings game down in Georgia and uh, a loaded week of NLL action. Going to have to uh, pop some caffeine because we got two 10 o'clock starts out on the West Coast in Vancouver and San Diego. But that's what we do this podcast for. We love the entertainment. So uh, this has been episode number 91 of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Herm, I'm Kyle. We are signing off.